Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Nikki Espinoza. She's a woman's leadership coach. She helps ambitious, purpose-driven women leaders who've lost their spark, reignite their confidence and their career. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Can you share with us how you've gotten to where you are today? Yes, it's quite a journey. <laughs> so I think of the like the first time that I really decided that I was taking this journey. It was kind of this quiet moment. It was one of those nights where I was lying awake in bed, you know, yeah. it's 3 a.m. I'm lying awake in bed. And um, I had had a really bad day at work that day, you know, which wasn't unusual. And it was a long day. It led into the evening and all this stuff. And I was laying in bed wide awake, like I needed to sleep, but I'm wide awake. And I'm just kind of replaying, like, what did I say? How did this happen? You know, should I should have, could have, would have done this differently? You know, just critiquing myself over and over. And at the time, I was a healthcare executive. I had a really big job. It was a lot of responsibility. And I was a mom, you know, and my kids were teenagers. I was, you know, a, a wife. I'd been married at that time, probably almost 20 years. I was kind of used to that kind of a big job. I was surrounded by men, mostly at the leadership tables most of my career. So, and that wasn't that big of a deal. Like really, that's not my first rodeo. I have been surrounded by men at leadership tables my entire career. But here's the thing. It's, it can get really, really exhausting. And as a woman leader, I think we make it harder than it really needs to be because we're constantly feeling like we have to prove ourselves and, you know, just who are we trying to impress and, you know, trying to do all the things right. And then on top of that, we have on our shoulders, a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us have other things, you know, we want to be a good wife and we want to be a good mom, or we want to be a good friend. And we just put too much pressure on ourselves. So what happened for me is as I'm lying awake there that night, I, I don't know, something just kind of snapped in me. And it was like, I just this determination came kind of like, like a roaring train kind of came back inside of me. Like I need to do something different. I need to figure out something different. And I didn't want to quit my job. Like I didn't want to give up all of that. You know, I'd worked really hard, right. To get to that level in my career. So that was not something that I considered an option. I didn't want to do that, but I had to find a better way. So for me, what that really meant was kind of getting back to like who I really was and recognizing that a lot of that pressure that I was putting on myself, it wasn't helpful. <laughs> it was overly critical. And over time, it just kind of ate away at my confidence. So I remember being that, you know, 20 year old woman that was going to take on the world. And I had all this fire in me. And that just slowly dimmed over the over you know 15, 20 years of my career. I wanted that back. And I wanted to get that back. So I kind of embarked on this personal journey. And that, you know, like for me, like I said, that was about confidence and it was about setting some boundaries. It was about really learning to lean into the things that I do really well and stop trying to do everything. <laughs> and I I found myself really able to step into my influence in a whole different way. So as a leader, I was just hoping to get my life back, right? Like I just wanted to have some balance. What happened is, yes, I created balance, got 
closer to my husband. I had deeper relationships with my kids, all of those things. But what was really awesome is I created the space where I, I felt pretty powerful at work. So when I felt powerful, now it was, well, wait a minute, I'm not taking any more crap and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to step in and say what I need to say more often. And I got a lot better results at work. And my career actually went from there to the C-suite tables within a matter of a few years. And that was awesome. But what was really amazing then was I, I, I was able to have the career I wanted and the life I wanted. And other women around me started saying, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> You know, how are you doing this? Because it's not like I'm some superwoman. That's not, the, the trick is not trying to do everything. But the trick is really trying to figure out where your boundaries are and, and find out who you are. But I started helping other women that I knew and they started getting that res- those results. So I thought, this is, this is really great. So then in 2019, I was starting to get tired of the executive life. You know, I had, I had built a good career, but I was finding that I was loving coaching and I was doing this just as a side hustle, right? It was just, and it was helping women that I knew, like it was just, you know, I want to help you, but I decided, you know, I really would like to do this more full time. And I started making plans. And then of course, COVID happened, the whole pandemic, I was working in healthcare, which was really, really hard. So I just decided in 2020, you know, it was time. It was time. So I left my corporate gig last year and haven't looked back since. Wow. One of the things that you said that really stands out to me is focusing on your strengths, Mm -hmm. you know, because how many times do we try to do everything? Right. No No matter, you know, if you're working for yourself or you're working for somebody else, how many times do we try to do everything rather than focusing on just what we are really good at and really yep. love. Yeah. Right. And you know, I like to, I see this a lot with, with my clients is that some of that's our ego. Some of that is a little bit of when you've kind of grown up in the boys world and you're, you're stubborn and you want to get it, you know, you don't want to give away things. You want to say, I can do it. Dang it. Like I can do it. <laughs> Just give it to me. I can do it. I think you mix that kind of ambitious woman with a nurturer that's going to try to take on everything anyway. And it it's just, there's, that's just so much for us to take on. So one of the, I, I like to say one of the best kept secrets about really stepping into your influence is that you don't have to do everything anymore. <laughs> when you can really say, wait a minute, that's not really something I love doing. Why do I keep doing that? Like I'm going to delegate that off. And we we don't do that really easily. We have to learn to do that. Yeah, definitely. Because when you're younger, especially you don't know what you like. And so you do take everything on because you want to try everything huh? and figure out if you like it. Next thing you know, you're a specialist, a specialist at something you hate. Yes. Yes. Because you didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So walking through this, what are you grateful for now? Oh, I think what I'm grateful for now is, well, of course it's my family and those things that, you know, everybody says, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper and tell you, it is really that I can speak my mind that I can, if I don't like something, if I'm sad about something, if I'm, I'm feeling vulnerable about something, I don't feel ashamed to say that. You know, I, I just did a post about the book and we'll talk about the book, but I'm at this really vulnerable place, right? Like I'm, I'm going to publish this thing and I don't feel ashamed to say that <laughs> at all. And that's really owning your feelings, but, um, I'm a, I tend to be kind of an emotional person and 
I, I feel like that's part of my gifts. It helps me really relate with people and connect with people. I'm, I'm an empath. And in my corporate leadership roles, I felt like I had to turn all that off. Like I had to be tough, you know? And so I am so grateful that I get to just be me. <laughs> that's my, my thing that I'm most grateful for. And that that brings me so much joy. And then I get to give that and in all of my relationships. What are some of the common sabotaging behaviors that we do to ourselves? It's the criticizing. It's the self-critique we do. And it doesn't have to be these terrible cutting things that some sometimes we do. Sometimes we get really awful and say, you know, yeah, awful things to us. But most of the time in my experience, it wasn't those awful things. It was the little things where there's that little whisper that maybe, maybe you're not good enough. Or maybe you shouldn't do that. Oh, I hate that. Shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I do. That's my biggest sabotaging thing is that little voice that says, should you do that? And what? whose rules? Like who, who made up the rules? And as a business owner, I make up the rules. So <laughs> that's very different than where I came from in healthcare and in corporate, where it was very conservative and I had to always follow these rules. So you know, that I'm, and I'm not unique in that. I think that a lot of women, that's our biggest thing is the doubt. It's the critiquing. It's the never feeling like we're good enough. And then I think there's another layer in there, layer in there too, is that, you know, if we can be honest with ourselves about it, it's the blaming others for that. So when we start to sabotage ourselves or start giving ourselves these negative thoughts, I'm going to say this as a woman leader, I'm going to say that, but I think that the second layer is when we say, well, because I had live in this kind of environment or I have this kind of work culture or I have this kind of company that I work for, I'm not able to be successful. And, and that's another sabotaging thing. That's another layer. It doesn't mean you don't have challenges, particularly like as a woman at the male dominated tables. Yes, there are challenges, but that's not a reason that you can't be successful. That's a reason you change your approach or that's that's the culture that you need to learn to navigate through. And you still get to be yourself in doing that. It's just, we seem to forget that sometimes. So if someone's listening right now and they're frustrated and they feel like that they can't get to the next level in their career where they want to go, what would you say to them? I would ask them to really think about, the question that I would say is really understand why you're not getting to the next level. And your first answer is not the, ever the real answer, right? Go deeper, you know, ask yourself the five whys, you know, well, you know, if, if you're not getting advancing and your first response is, well, because I can't get my boss to listen to me or I can't get the recognition that I deserve, you know, then I would say, well, you know, why is, why is that important to you? And why do you think you're not be able going to get the rec or you're not getting the recognition, and, you know, maybe there's a layer there and you'd say, well, because, you know, I, I can't because I don't speak the same language or I, I don't I don't seem to relate to him. Well, why is that? There's always layers in there. Most of the women that I talk to get really, really frustrated and they're and they're they have valid frustrations. Right. They're they're working often way above their job titles. <laughs> You know, they're getting underpaid and over they're overworking or overextending. They're they're producing really good results and really good work. And they feel like they're not getting recognized for that. And a lot of times, it, all of that's true. All of that's true. They're not getting recognized for that. But what can they do to change that? A lot of times it, there are things you can do that come down to 
how you choose to present yourself, how confident you are when you go into a conversation with the boss, right? What standards do you accept? And I know that's hard because I, I've been there too, where I've worked above my job title for sometimes multiple years. But the reality is you have to take radical responsibility for, for how much you accept into your life. And you're doing that. Like you're still producing the work and not demanding the pay or the job title. And we don't, cause we don't want to rock the boat. You know, we don't want to make a scene or we don't want to make it stinky. And we, you know, we don't want to make it seem like, well, the woman is complaining, but you have a complaint. <laughs> so I would ask a woman who's like, like that sitting in a job that they are overworked. And I would ask, are you willing to leave it? Like, what, what are you willing to do? Because that's the kind of confidence you need to have when you go into that conversation. You have to be willing to say, I am better than this. I'm not going to stay in this role. And here's what I'm looking for. And where you can bend and be reasonable is how long is it going to take you? <laughs> when can you meet with HR? You know, those kinds of things. Let's be reasonable about some of that. But no, there's, I think we, we accept a lot. Of, we accept less than we should really too often. And that a lot of that is radical responsibility of what are you willing to accept in that? And when you step into that power and that influence, I have clients say this all the time and I love to hear this, but it's, have you, you ever known anybody that like they walk into the room and you're like, oh, they've got their stuff together, right? Like <laughs> they really know their stuff and you, you just trust them they're, that you're feel confident that they're going to produce. That's what you want your bosses to feel like about you. So how are you portraying? You know, th that's part of what I work on with clients. I think that one of the things you said really spoke to me and that is, you know, sort of getting rid of that fear of losing your job. Like, are you willing yes. to leave? I look at, at my own career, my last position in, in the corporate world was CMO as well. And when I got to that point where I didn't care about like, not that I didn't care, but I wasn't afraid of losing my job because I had confidence in myself that I know that I could produce income out of thin air because mm -hmm. I know business so well. Right? right. So when I finally got to that point of, wow, I can make money tomorrow if I need yeah. to, yeah. I just need to go do it. Then there was a freedom there, a confidence level there that I was able to put my demands on the table. This is what I accept. This is what I don't accept and willing to leave if I needed to that sort of thing. And I think that that's exactly where you need to yeah. be. Cause I do, I look back, like you said, at my career when I was younger and it was always, you know, I was just in this fear mode. Like I don't want to yes. lose the job. And isn't that true about everything in life? When you're afraid mm -hmm. you're going to lose something and you get in this desperate mode. Right. And, and right. things, and you lose things right and left because you're yes. in frustration mode. Can you just switch over to, I got it. Yep. Everything just comes to you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's that law of attraction. And, and, you know, the other thing about this fear is that all of my, all of, all of my clients tell me I'm afraid of, you know, there's stuff we're afraid of, but we place more fear. Like we make it bigger than it is. Right. Yeah. It, and I don't, I think it took me a long time in my older age and wisdom to get to that place. Like you did when you were a CMO, right? To that place where it's, it's really not, we think it's this huge chasm 
uh, to cross, you know, to take a different job or, you know, for me or any business owner to leave corporate, to leave a six figure job and go, okay, I'm going to do this in my home, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, Of course I was scared to do that. Of course I went through all of my numbers and you do all of those things, but at the end of the day, do you really believe that you can get to the other side of that? You have to believe you can get to the other side. There's going to be a little piece of you that believes that. And that's the piece I start on. You know, that's the piece I ignite. That's the piece that, you know, you light a fire under her and you can get to the other side of that, that bridge or that river. And it's not nearly as far as you thought it was when you were back there. Right. Yeah, that is so true. Because at the end of the day, it's, are you willing to do the work? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've been working like a horse, you right? job, you, clearly you've already answered that. You are yes. willing to do the work. And so yes. that's all it takes. It just takes your pedals to the metal. And mm-hmm. there's so much help out there. If you get stuck, the strategy is readily available. So mm-hmm. what are some of the indicators that people can kind of watch for that would say that they, they either need to, they can work smarter and mm-hmm. not harder, yep. or maybe they're, you know, not performing at the highest level that they should be or could be. What are some indicators to watch for in their career? The ones that I see are tend with my, with women tend to be kind of these emotional, res, not responses, but emotion, uh, taking things personally a lot at work, frustrations, when that problem employee shows up at your office at 445 and you're just like, ah, I can't take this, you know, those frustrations, which ultimately leads to fewer good results, right? You're, you're, you're not going to be as productive in that space. Time management's a huge one. It's not that you need to squeeze more in, but are you getting energy from the work that you're doing? You, you know, you can have a hard, long day and still be energized by it, Right. And you can work the same number of hours and feel like you got hit by a truck. So how, what kind of energy are you feeling in your day? And, you know, I, I also say, look at your whole life. Are you snapping at the kids? Are you missing dinners? Are you doing, are you missing the things that are really important to you? And that phone, oh my gosh, the phone always in your hand. You can't put it down. You know, you're supposed to put it down. Like, you know, that you might have rules. Like I don't have it at dinner. And so for those, you know, half that half an hour, you don't have it, but any other time during the day, like it is with you in the bathroom, you know, (laughs) those are signals. It doesn't mean that it's all bad, but those are signals that you might have some things that you want to take a look at. But I think the biggest thing is how do you feel? How do you feel? Are you excited to go to work every day or are you living for vacation or working for vacation? And do vacations feel cramped? I mean, we all love vacations and we want to go and spend as much experience, have as much experience in a a seven, 10 days, but do you work your whole life, your whole year? So you can have those two weeks with your family. And then you try to squeeze all of the fun in and then everybody ends up bitching each other anyway. (laughs) How do you feel? Where are you getting your energy? And if you are not sleeping at night, if you're stressed and overthinking, those are all signals that something's not aligned in your life. There's something not working. I like to think of it as relationships too. And I've never heard another leadership coach talk about this, but I talk about your work is a relationship. Think about that. All right. And if it's, it's your biggest relationship sometimes, and I hate to say that I love my husband, (laughs) but I spend more time at work than I do with him. And how healthy is that relationship? What are you getting from that relationship? How are you serving it? How's it serving you? How's it limiting you? How's it making you feel? 
And I, I spent a lot of years, if, if you look at it that way, in relationships, particularly with, I've had a lot of situations with bad bosses and a lot of discrimination and gender biases and all of those things. And if you look at it as a relationship, but would you put up with that from your relationship? No, you wouldn't, but you do at work. So why? And that's back to that fear. It's the fear. What do we really think we're worthy of? What's possible? I think women too think that this is just the way it is sometimes. I mean, I'm, I'm 47 this year. So I, you know, I've the better part of my career, women weren't at that table as much, right? And we're starting to be more and more. I know a lot of my friends that are more of my age will say, well, this is just the way it is there, or this is just the way that person is. But I think that's old vocabulary. I think we need to stop saying that <laughs> and say, no, that's you, you're growing as a person every year. Why isn't everybody else around you? They, of course they are and they should be. So think about it as a relationship. What would you accept? What are you accepting into your life? So what would you say to somebody that's listening and they feel overworked and they feel stuck in their current job? I'll just kind of tell you what I, what I do when I walk through kind of getting you out of that place is really understanding why you feel that way in the first place. And I know this is hard to do without somebody guiding you, but you can sit down and journal and really take some time and understand what am I, one, what am I really feeling? Like, you know, have you ever, if anybody has kids and, and they're crying and they're upset about something, but they're really feeling hungry, right? What are they really feeling? What are you really feeling? And you have to go deep because a lot of times it's, it's really, you're feeling judged or you're feeling ashamed because you think you should be able to do all of these things, mm -hmm. or you feel the weight of some kind of pressure on you. Like I've made it to this level in my career and a lot of other women haven't gotten here. Now I have to carry the torch, mm -hmm. right? Girl, we don't expect you to carry the torch by yourself. We are here for you. <laughs> We, we want you to stay in that space and we want you to be, we want you to thrive in that, that space. If you're feeling that stuck, the first thing is journal about what are you really, really feeling and where is that coming from? And then the next thing I would say is, because that in itself gives you some insight into your emotions around it. A lot of women too, embrace it if you're feeling angry. If you're feeling angry, resentful, you know, I, I've been there. Most women do get there at some, some point in their career too. There's nothing wrong with being angry. You know, it doesn't make you bitch. You can just acknowledge that, yeah, this is making me angry. Why am I angry about it? Cause it's unfair. Why? You know, you kind of dig deep with that. And then the other really important piece is you need to appreciate what you bring to that table. And a lot of times women leaders bring something that we minimize. And sometimes it's not always appreciated. Sometimes it's more of that emotion, more of that innate intuitiveness, really strong communication skills. You know, I can look at somebody and know if they're having a bad day, right? Like I know that a lot of my colleagues, that was like superpower, right? Or witchcraft, because they didn't know what to do with that, right? Right. So some tables you might be at and you think that's not valuable because the people around you don't know what to do with it. It doesn't mean it's not valuable. It actually means it is incredibly valuable. It is the superpower. And lean into those talents. And even if you're not a touchy-feely person, there are talents you have that I promise you you're minimizing. 
And those are some of the things that are your differentiators. So a lot of, in my programs, we talk about zone of genius. You know, when you're in that space where you know something really, really well, and you're really good at it, you get tons of energy from it, right? It's magic. Like it, it just happens. And likely you don't know that it's magic because it's so easy for you. So look around, look around and you'll start to see. Now, I don't love comparing. Don't compare yourself to everybody else, but I want you to see how valuable you are and understand that that's where you differentiate. Those things is where you really start to contribute in a different way. So you put that confidence, that like, I'm not scared to to what's going to happen next because I'm just going to bring myself and I know where my talents are. I know what I'm contributing you're unstoppable. You are unstoppable at that table. So that's what I would say is journal, understand where your doubts are coming from, and then do some work around your talents and your zone of genius and lean into those things. What do you think your truth is that's gotten you this far? I love that question. And it's been a hard one because for the first year, probably in my business, I don't feel like I was speaking my truth because it was, I was being way too politically correct and like not saying what I really needed to say about being a woman at that man's table. Cause I don't want anybody to be like, Oh, this isn't a man bashing thing. This isn't, this is just reality. There are more men in leadership and there will be for my lifetime. (laughs) I hope more and more. Right. But I have a daughter and I want to have, you know, I'll have grandchildren and, and my, you know, my friends, they have daughters and I don't want my daughter who's 24 now, I don't want her to be, you know, my age and still feeling insignificant or not worthy of having those roles. Even if you have them, right. And you're still feeling like, am I good enough to have this role? Cause now I'm constantly having to prove myself. I don't want her to feel like that. So my truth has been talking about what it feels like, what does it really mean? And then really being, that's on that radical responsibility, but really to say that as women leaders, we have to take some responsibility for this to help guide it through, to help guide the next generation of leaders. We, We can't expect other people to just do this for us. And certainly there's biases that everybody has. I have some really, really good friends who are male leaders, but we go out for happy hour, right? We'll go out and talk or whatever. And we can have really good conversations because we're not judging each other, right? We're just saying, here's what happens when you, when this happens at that table and here's what you're thinking and here's, you know, and we can have this open dialogue and I'm like soaking this up. My male friends are soaking this up because they're like, I need to understand this because that's part of their experiences too, right? They're, they have biases too. We all have those unconscious biases that we've grown up with. And it's our responsibilities to help change some of that for, for the next generation. So do you think part of that is maybe the corporate world understanding uh, female energy a little bit more and how as a female, you can be just as successful in your feminine energy or mm-hmm. as a, a male in his, you know, that aggressive yeah. type of energy? What do you think is is the approach that people should be taking to kind of, you know, improve that. I definitely think there is, we need to have more conversation around our energies and understanding that feminine masculine energy and understanding that just because, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I'm, I bring masculine energy sometimes too. Right. (laughs) And, And 
you know, it's not, it's not about a gen. That's not about a gender. That's about approach and, and kind of this energy that you bring to the table. I think that that's part of it, but I also think there's some of this is probably gender roles that will continue to shift over time, but gender dynamics in the family and how and responsibilities. Now in my generation, <laughs> I feel like an old person saying that. Yeah, <laughs> but we're, we're the same, about the same age. So yeah, come on. <laughs> the Gen Xers, right? But I still, um, you know, like my my dad and my mom and dad, they have a very like mom does the dishes, mom cooks, mom does the dishes, mom takes care of things at home, right? That didn't change a lot in my relationship. And I have a very my husband and I have been married for 25 years, but there's still you fall into kind of these roles at home. And the reason that's important is because women are still falling into some of those roles at home. And now they're also taking this different kind of a role that has often been a masculine role at work. And now they're doing both. And that's what's causing us to go at, you know, it's a lot. So it's not just about at work and how do we do we talk to each other and navigate some of this it's understanding what are the obligations not obligations but responsibilities that people have or take on outside of work and I think we don't talk about that but women are a lot of women are still taking care of the daycare stuff they're still taking care of dinner every night they're still doing all the grocery shopping they're still you know buying the kids school supplies (laughs) That's some of the stuff that fundamentally, when that starts to change, it'll be easier because there'll be more of a balance maybe, but, or, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of single parents too, that say, you know, I, I take it all anyway. And that's, that's what I think is the biggest challenge for a lot of women I work with is that trying to navigate all of those things, wear all of those hats and act like you've got your stuff together everywhere. Right. <laughs> and, and it doesn't feel like you do. So what are your intentions with those that you're coaching and in the future, what's your intention with your business as you move forward? Well, my intention is really big. Like I want to leave a legacy where we change the conversation, right? And I talked about my daughter, you know, the daughter, my daughter is the inspiration behind that, but also all of my, a lot of my friends that are also women professionals and women leaders, when we sit down and started talking about this, we don't want this same thing for our daughters and we want this to change. So it's really my, my idea is I want to t- open the conversation. I want to have honest, open conversations. I don't want men to feel afraid to talk about this. And I get that they are like, I get they're afraid to say anything because they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. And that's <laughs> yeah. on us too, girls. Like we need to open the conversation. We need, or we need to at least encourage it. Yeah. And that's the, the premise behind women's legacy tour. Women's Legacy Tour is the retreat that we're hosting next year in 2022. The entire concept about Women's Legacy Tour is bringing women leaders together to help you understand and inspire you that you can have all of these things that you want. You are enough as you are, and you get to be yourself. And once you really step into that authenticity and step into who you really are, you know, we don't have to like um, hide that we have kids at home. And we've done like 10 years ago, I didn't talk about baseball games at work. I didn't talk about, because I was afraid that the men around me were going to think I was less committed. And sometimes they validated that for me. And that's the stuff that's got to change. We all have to, and for men and women, 
it's got to be okay to say, I'm going to bat baseball at four o'clock today. And you don't get judged for that. That doesn't represent your commitment to that company at all. So that's my, my mission for my business. So one woman at one woman at a time in my coaching business, that's helping women step into their influence and stepping up to the, the woman they want to be that confident, inspired, capable woman that they used to be. So in my business, it's one woman at a time. And I hope that those women all share with their daughters and their colleagues. And it's like this ripple effect. And Women's Legacy Tour is a place for us to come together every year and inspire each other and remind each other how freaking awesome you are and that you can do anything. So what are some of your success stories? My success stories are my favorite success stories are in the small things, and but they're not small. They're things like when, when a, a husband, like my, one of my client's husbands tells me they got their wife back. Like that's, and I'm coaching that woman how to navigate her work life and, and all of her life, right? It's a leadership coaching program, but her husband gets his wife back. Like that is just awesome to me. Those are the biggest successes when marriages improve. (laughs) But there's also, there's things at work. The big thing at work is when a woman really steps in, well, any of my clients, when they step into their, their influence and they start practicing some of this, some of their newfound confidence, you know, that, that scary moment when you're like, oh, I'm going to actually have this conversation with my boss, or I'm going to approach this conflict. I'm, I've been avoiding this for a long time. I'm going to step in. And she does that. And one, the world doesn't fall apart. <laughs> like she's been afraid it's going to this whole time. And it's this comment that comes from their colleagues. Wow. Where have you been? Like, this is the, this is the person I, I knew was in you, you know, or their boss saying that's a transformational moment with every one of my clients. It happens with all of them. And I tell them to watch for it <laughs> because it never fails. Somebody in their life will say, wow, you've really changed. And it's a, it's positive. It is. I see this energy rating radiating from you. I see this confidence in you that I didn't see before. And when that comes from your boss, or your, you know, your executives or your CEO, that feels pretty good. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you've been working so hard. Yeah. And there's yeah. just that little shift yep. that has to happen. Uh-huh. So you have a book that is coming out in November, no apology needed. Do you yep. want to tell us a little bit about that? It's a personal story, but it's a leadership story. So it, it is very personal. So if you're looking for a book, that's going to tell you X, Y, Z and do this, There's a little bit of that, but it is a very personal story. I have had a lot of personal heartaches in my life. I have had both of my children suffer from mental illness and my son had attempted suicide when he was 17. I talk about that. I talk about my marriage. I talk about some things with my daughter. You know, this is one of these books that needed to have the the family meeting about (laughs) and like these stories are in here guys. Like, and everybody's incredibly supportive because we all understand that what your experiences create you. So it's a very personal story. Probably the first part of the book is very personal. And, but then it's a story about how do you take all of those adversities that you've experienced, all of the pain, sometimes grief, you know, that you've went through in your life. And first of all, you're never alone. (laughs) everybody's got some story, right? Everybody's got a story and we tend to forget about that. And then how do you apply that 
not only to be just a better person, but then a better leader. So I talk about what that meant, what that looked like and how that how that applied to work. And having been a leader and, and being a leader of other leaders for many, many years, there's lots of stories in there about how not to do it. <laughs> and I am, I'm, I love my humor. So I will, I will share lots of funny stories of things that people did. I've had people read it and go, oh my gosh, I do that. And I didn't know that I do that. And now I'm going to watch for that. I kind of pull the covers off some of these things because I talk about why are you doing that? For one thing, like micromanaging, let's take that as an example, right? There's something in you, it's lack of trust, wanting to control. There's something in you that's causing you to do that. And when you do that, what does it mean on the other side? Well, it means they, that you don't value them. They, they, they know you don't trust them. It doesn't matter how nice you are to them. They know you don't trust them. You know, so here's what you're actually, the messages that you're actually giving. That's a little bit of my superpower is to be able to kind of peel that back and go, here's what's really happening in this situation. And I do that through several stories in the book and just encouragement and inspiration for women leaders everywhere to just step into your authenticity. It's okay. If you could give yourself some advice, When you first started out, what would it be? Uh, Trust yourself, trust yourself more. And, and then when you feel like you don't quite trust her, double down on that and trust her more. Just that goes back to some of that insecurities too. But all of this as a women, woman leader in corporate and in healthcare, as a business owner, there are things that, you know, you're going to face all the time. There are going to be challenges you're going to always have. And I I would often say, well, am I doing the right thing? You know, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Am I making the right decision as a mom? Oh my gosh. Am I doing the right thing all the time? And take a breath, take a pause, take a breath and just feel into your heart. And if it feels like the right thing, just trust yourself, trust yourself because you are innately um, talented in so many different ways. And the only thing that that really held me back in anything was when I doubted myself. And that's what I see for women over and over again. So trust yourself, trust yourself more. That's so good. Definitely speaks to me as well. Yes. So I want to mention again, uh, you're, you're, you have a book that comes out in November, and then you also have the retreat in February, February 24th to, through the 27th in Cocoa Beach, Florida. People want to get a copy of the book or they want to check out the retreat. How do they do that? So I think the best way to just stay connect or get connected to my world is through Facebook. So just join my Facebook group or, you know, send me a message on Facebook. Uh, the women's legacy tour is uh, there's a website, women's legacy tour.com. You can check that out there. And the book is going to be available on Amazon once it's available. But if you're connected through Facebook or through one of my groups on or my group on Facebook, you will know everything. <laughs> it will all be there. Okay, great. And I also want to mention your website, espinozacoaching.com. And you are on LinkedIn under Nikki Espinoza. And I will put all these links down below so people can go ahead and connect with you there. And Nikki, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of your insights and your stories. I, I think that it's thank you, Amy. so needed. So needed. Yeah, I, it's been such a pleasure. And thank you for what you're doing. Well, and if you're listening and you want more information about A Call to Thrive, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone for listening and have a wonderful day.